Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty by a jury of all charges of homicide, attempted homicide, as well as other charges stemming from Rittenhouse shooting and killing two men and injuring a third in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, Kim Belware is a national reporter with The Washington Post. Ms. Belware covered the trial for The Washington Post. The last time I spoke with Kim Belware was after the Derek Chauvin trial. Kim, thank you very much for coming on the program. What was it like to cover this particular trial? What was it like in the courtroom? Um, I was in the courtroom just in and out uh, and spent a lot of time outside and, and in the community, actually. And inside the courtroom, I would say it felt very controlled. It felt like a lot of cases. It was really outside of the courtroom where uh, what made this case kind of different started to emerge. So explain to us what you saw, what you experienced. Well, I think in this particular case, um, you know, there was just this really sharp contrast between information that people had about the shooting, about Rittenhouse, and about his victims that was not going to be part of the trial. So in this case, this case was really unusual, I thought, in that it was this one reality playing out in the courtroom in that the jury was focused on a very narrow set of facts, a very narrow window of time to consider. And on the outside, there were these much broader issues and uh, a lot more uh, pieces of information that didn't make their way into the record that were being discussed and that were impacting how people thought about the case. So I, I read an account that um, that Rittenhouse actually worked in Kenosha, had family in Kenosha, uh, had he lived not far from Kenosha in Illinois, that the rifle had been bought by a friend and had been stored at that friend's uh, stepfather's house, and that the individual he wounded had said during the trial the Rittenhouse hadn't fired on him until that individual had actually pointed his own gun at Rittenhouse. Is, is that factual, or is, was that just urban, urban chatter? No, those were facts that emerged at the trial, and those were important because they were in contrast to some of the information that, um, you know, was out there, either things that Rittenhouse hadn't spoke to and people were kind of piecing it together, um, misinformation, different things. But, you know, we do know that Rittenhouse, who was a resident of Antioch, Illinois, you know, went to Kenosha, which is about 20 miles away, uh, over the state line. So he wasn't uh, from Kenosha, and most residents do not recognize him as somebody that had ties to the community. But in his testimony, um, he he did say, and, and his defense lawyers discussed that, you know, he has relatives in the area and that he worked as a lifeguard nearby. And then we also did um, get some information about uh, the gun that he used, which he was too young to buy either in Illinois or in Wisconsin, which is why his friend Dominic Black bought it for him. That gun uh, didn't cross state lines, but it was always in Wisconsin um, where Black purchased it with written with money Rittenhouse gave him. And then the last point um, from Gage Grosskreutz, the survivor of the shooting, the one person who survived, he did testify that he was also armed with a Glock pistol and that he was running after Rittenhouse after he shot Anthony Huber, and he pointed at him in the moment before uh, Rittenhouse fired back at him. Did you have a sense that um, this jury was going to decide as it did, or did it come as a complete surprise? 
It's so tough. Um, you know, going back and forth, uh, there was definitely um, a, a notice that the jury that was seated was tended to be a little bit older, and they were all white except for one man who appeared to be um, non-white. And that already kind of indicated some people thought maybe they would see Rittenhouse as um, a more relatable or more sympathetic figure. Um, but then when when some of the, you know, parts of the trial were unfolding, I I was asking people in town who were familiar with this court and, and this judge, and they were expecting this decision. Um, I think the biggest surprise was that the misdemeanor weapons charge was thrown out because that was seen as the one kind of slam dunk conviction. But I think a lot of people, at least in Kenosha, we're expecting this outcome. We talked to several legal experts too um, before, you know, a week before the verdict came in, and they said, you know, the case was pretty favorable to the defense, given that there was a lot of um, more damaging info about Rittenhouse that was not going to be part of the trial record because the judge said it was irrelevant. It wasn't going to help the jury make a decision about the self-defense case and just self-defense cases in Wisconsin in general. Um, you know, they, they really favor the defendant. And for the prosecution, it's a very high burden of proof that they have to meet to win their case. You write in your uh, story, your piece in the Washington Post uh, after the uh, after the jury decision, uh, you write that uh, the Florida governor, DeSantis, very pleased at the outcome. He's considered a likely candidate for the GOP nomination in uh, 2024. President Biden initially said that you know, the system did what it did. The jury did what it was supposed to do. And then he uh, he sort of walked that back uh, an hour or two later. What do you think, given all of the the passion and the uh, and the and the challenges people are throwing back and forth at one another after this trial? What what do you think ultimately the takeaway is going to be? Well, I think for Rittenhouse, he is you know become a symbol on both the political left and the political right. And, and maybe um, his case and, and who he is represents more than the specific case that brought him to the courtroom. You know, I think right now um, we have yet to see what he will decide to do if he's going to really, you know, take uh, Florida Representative Matt Gates up on his offer to be a congressional intern. Is he going to align himself with these, you know, more far right figures that have championed his cause and raised money for his legal defense? But, you know, he, he's seen kind of as this figure now for the political right as this repudiation of racial justice protesters, of disorder. And, um, you know, on the political left, he's, he's seen as, uh, you know, the embodiment of white privilege and, and kind of hints at uh, the unfairness, ongoing unfairness that a lot of people of color in particular perceive to be in the American legal system. And I think in the short term, um, he he may be somebody who uh, people can make money off of. You know, we already see President, former President Trump, um, sent out a fundraising email after the mm-hmm. verdict came in. So um, already, I think we see people trying to uh, make money off of off of his, uh, his his image and what he represents, whether he's participating in that or not. If you want to hear more. Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.